McCarthy, Richard Nixon, Studebaker, Television, North Korea, South Korea, Maryland, Monroe. Ryan started the fire. Forward, here we go. One, two, three, touch. Back now, side to side. Side, side. Forward again. Go. One. Why did you do this, Allie? This is terrible. Oh, great. <laughs> This is Michael's giraffe. He's crying now. Why did you do this? Cause. Cause is not an answer. Active listening. Ray, that doesn't work. It works. I just use it on the worst kids in the neighborhood. It's not unusual to be loved. It's not unusual to have fun with anyone. But when I see you... Mike Tess, are we on? Well, good morning, church family. Happy New Year. It's so nice to have the seats filled here and see your faces. I hope that you had an amazing Christmas Eve, uh, spent time with your family and uh, partied hard. Um, how many of y'all had a good one? Had a good one this year, yeah? Amen. Praise God. Well, I have the privilege to preach the New Year message again. And so I'm going to call this one hashtag goals 2022 edition. How many of you have goals this year? Show of hands, come on. Yeah? Young people, middle-aged people. The older people seem to have uh, no goals anymore, I guess. <laughs> but I see a lot of young adults, a lot of youth there with some goals. And um, it's been uh, an amazing time. We had a break, spent time with family. Uh, we revealed um, the second name of our baby and the gender. He's going to be a boy, so <laughs> praise God. We have been praying for a boy, and and uh, looks like this Sunday is prayer answered kind of Sunday, hey? <laughs> Amazing. Goals. How many of y'all have New Year's resolution? Yeah? Anyone here? <laughs> There, there, are, there are three camps. Uh, you might be the, more on the mature side, more wisdom uh, you know, side of, of things. Uh, you might be in that camp where in January you're just like, I'm tired from everybody and I need a break because you hosted countless uh, family gatherings. And so congrats, you survived the year. Here's the next 2022. You got more to come. For millennials... You're on your New Year's resolution. These are the people that really write their stuff down. Oh, I'm going to do this. Regardless of whether they're actually going to accomplish it or not, they just write things down. <laughs> Half the time doesn't get accomplished. <laughs> Everything you see is fresh. This is, my, this is going to be my year, finally. That's what we all say. I'm, I'm a millennial. That's what I say. It's going to be my year. And then insert 2020, you know. 2020 vision, and then we had no idea what was coming then. But 2022, we have the gym rats. 
Anyone? You have any kids, any youth who loves the gym? The Gen Z gym rats. Everything is a workout routine. This January season, every rep in the gym is a cue for the infamous Bible verse gym mantra. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can lift this bar for a few more reps. I can do another push-up. I can resist this burger once again because... I can do all things through Christ. See, when it comes to the making of goals, we're, we're going to consider really the heart of it. I'm not going to give you a grocery list of what you should and should not do. I don't have, I don't have all the, the, uh, the, the details on that. Instead, I'm going to focus in on what the heart is, what it should be as we look at making our goals, our resolutions this year. Philippians 4, 13. When we look at the context, the, the, the author and where he was writing this from, he was writing from prison. We can see that Paul here was, he was built different. He's, he's not just using a gym ma- mantra, I can do all things through Christ as if it was solely on physical strength. No, he was, by the looks of, you know, through the human eyes, he was down and out. He's in prison. Can't do anything else. And perhaps that's probably what you might feel sometimes during the tough times through the year. But I want to step back a little bit and provide a little bit of context to Philippians 4. See, Paul was writing to the Philippian congregation from a prison. And so he was not talking about physical strength as if he could just grip the bars open and let him escape from prison. No, Paul had a different goal. Paul was speaking about all things to refer to his calling as an apostle to the Gentiles and the inevitable sufferings he will face. For the sake of Christ. Find that in Acts 9, 16. All things alludes to everything he would be doing in accordance to the will of God. In fact, during his missionary journeys, Paul and his team would be restricted to certain places, to certain cities, because God's Spirit was leading them somewhere else. Every time he would receive instruction from God, Even in times when he felt weak, he knew he could follow Christ and endure all of it because he had real confidence on who God is and on what he called him to do. That's that's the part I want to get at today. As we make our goals this year, do we know who God is? Do we know who we are and what he had called us to do? What's the heart behind the goals that we set this year? The Apostle Paul was built different. He had a different goal. He was was built different. Once he gave his life to Jesus, all he wanted to do, all he wanted to never stop doing is to know Christ and to spread the light he's received from him. Consider this goal in Philippians 3, 12 to 14. That's the heart of 
what we're talking about today. It says, not that I already reached the goal or am already perfect. Because I also have been, sorry, but I make every effort to take hold of it because I also have been taken hold of by Christ. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and reaching toward what is ahead, I pursue as my goal the prize promised by God's heavenly call in Christ Jesus. 2022. Church, can we say the same about our confidence in Christ and what he calls us to do as a church As we think about all the different commitments, different needs, different areas that needs our attention, different activities, different goals, different desires, we want to pursue this year of 2020 with this focus. Can we say that I can do all these things? Because I'm confident in Christ, and these are exactly what he has called me to do. Paul was sure of it. That's why he never gave up on it, even through the tough times that he went through. See, this is a great time for us to do an inventory check, test our goals, and see if they are lined up with God's word, see if they are worth spending the limited time God has given us on this earth. we got to test each one of these goals with these questions. And this is true for our jobs, for our family life, for our friendships, for our relationships, for our activities. Are your goals this year going to help you and your friends get closer to Christ? Are, they, are your activities going to get you and your family closer to God? Are your desires this year going to get you to deepen your relationship with Jesus? Are they going to build the church, the spiritual family of God? I'm not just talking about our church. We're talking about the kingdom of God. As we formulate our goals for the year, God's word instructs us that we are not only to keep in mind the things of God, We need to center our goals on Christ. We need to continually remind ourselves throughout the year that God has a specific goal in mind. For me, as individual and corporately as a church congregation, God has a specific goal in mind for me and for you and for us as a church to commit to his plans specific for us, his goals and desires over ours. And so it has to take precedence. That's what believing in Jesus means. You see, nowadays it's kind of hard to get the concept of following Jesus, of believing in Jesus. But in the first century, a lot of times it meant tough times. They were looked upon as if they were lesser than the other citizens in the Roman Empire because they believed in Jesus. What does it mean for us to believe in him, to follow him, to make our goals according to his will, his word? Our jobs, our friends, our 
even our families, biological families, instead of taking precedence, they instead has to form around Jesus as he takes first place at the center of all of those. This has to be in order so that when trouble comes throughout the year, this 2020, when our jobs fall apart, when our friends leave us, when our, our family is broken up, Jesus still stands at the center of it all. Let's get to the heart of it as we make our goals, as we desire for things this year. What do we want to happen? What are your goals? This is where we get the real jolt of confidence when we know what God wants us to do. As we think about our goals and desires for the year, consider the apostles' goal in light of the problems that he needed to face. We, we don't quite know the level of commitment and the things the persecuted church endured at that time in the first century, second century. But what we know is that, like them, we have trouble in this broken world. That's why Jesus says in John 14, verse 1, Don't let your heart be troubled. Believe in me. Believe also. Believe in God. Believe also in me. When we have to face challenges throughout the year, let's, let's make it simple. Because God said it, let's do it. A lot of times we make so many excuses of why we can't accomplish our goals, our God-given goals. I can't do it. I have anxiety. I have traumas. I don't have enough money. I'm not smart enough. I'm not good enough, etc., etc. All of a sudden, our pity party has become a snare for us not to believe in the words of our big, awesome, caring, loving God. So this year, as we're looking at the goals that we are going to write down and set, let's look at God. Let's, let's look at how awesome, how caring, how loving he is. Let's look at how he can empower us through the year to accomplish all that he has called us to do. If we are going to deal with anything that's lacking in our lives, instead of telling ourselves how big our problems are, let's tell our problems how big, how magnificent, how glorious, come on somebody, how loving, how merciful, how much bigger God is. And he cares for each one of us. He cares for you. See, God wants to be involved in your life. I heard it over the Christmas break, spending time with loved ones, you know. God, God is so big. Sometimes we think God is so big, so strong, so out there, so transcendent that we don't know that he actually wants to be involved in our lives. God wants to be involved in your life, in your goals, in the little details. So are you ready to include him and make him the center of your goals in 2022? He wants to. As you write them down, as you pray about the desires of your heart this year, just do it. It's the type of confidence in Christ we need in order to do what he requires of us as we put him at the center of the different areas of our lives. And I understand like a lot of them need a lot of attention, some, some, some overnight 
stays and in your in your head. Some some challenging dark night of the soul that you would have to go through this year. It can be difficult. But God is with you. God is with us. We praise him for that. So have you made a list of your goals this year? Was, the, was, was God part of the process as you wrote them? And now what possible changes will you be making so that he is not only included, but those very goals are centered on him, on Jesus? Keep this one thing in mind, Philippians 3. But one thing I do, Paul says, forgetting what is behind it, reaching forward to what is ahead. When Paul knew what God called him to do, he doubled down on everything. That's part of the, 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 the goal that we need to actually do. For millennials like me, I can't just write them down and forget about it. Or even put it on the fridge but not do it. I actually have to double down on these, accomplish these goals God has given me. Once we know who we can trust and believe in, then we can list our goals and double down on them. See, we put our confidence in Jesus as we pursue everything that he's called us to do. We look at the character of the Apostle Paul as we as we get to the heart of, you know, the calling that God has placed in his life. The Apostle Paul seems to have done more for Jesus than any other apostle. Maybe debatable, but most people would agree, I think. Pastor Mike, you would say so. <laughs> we find many places in Scripture where we see the sheer sacrifice, the grit, the confidence of Paul for Jesus. We can observe from his letters, his writings about him, that he really doubled down in pursuing every goal as he considered them to be the prize promised by God's heavenly call in Jesus Christ. Church, can we say the same thing as we think about our goals this year? I'm convinced that the Apostle Paul had done more for Christ because, number one, he explicitly says it. I worked harder than all of them Yet not I, but the grace of God. Even though he has done more, he knows where his place is. I'm the recipient of God's grace, therefore I'm able to do all these things through Christ. Number two, he sacrificed more than the other apostles. He had more than the other apostles to begin with. You know, he had to give up so many things for the sake of following Jesus. He had the Jewish, the Greek, and the Roman roots in professional training, religious training, networking of influential contacts from each of those people groups. And all that had, that had to offer, offer him. He was a well-respected man before becoming a Christian, and yet he looked forward and considered them as something that's not part of his identity anymore. I am what I am because of the grace of God. Philippians 3, 4 to 11, I'm going to read 
the verses, although I have reasons for confidence in the flesh, if anyone else thinks he has grounds for confidence in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised the eighth day of the nation of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew born of Hebrews, regarding the law, a Pharisee regarding the zeal, persecuting the church regarding the righteousness that is in the law, blameless. But everything that was gained to me, I have considered to be lost because of Christ. More than that, I also consider everything to be a loss in view of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. Because of him, I have suffered all things and considered them as dung, so that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having righteousness of my own from the law, but one that is through faith in Christ the righteousness from God based on faith. And we look at verse 10. Here's his goal. My goal is to know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death. Wow. That's the heart of the goals of the Apostle Paul. Amazing. Can we honestly say that that this is the center of our goal this year, church family. We may have many different goals, and a lot of them aren't bad goals. Don't get me wrong. But what about the heart of it all? What about the reasons behind your goals? Is it to know God? Is it to deepen your relationship with him? What is at the center? What is the heart of it all? I call this the impossible goal. What Paul was trying to strive for, was willing to die for, this is the impossible goal. To be the light to the Gentiles, to be the light and salt on the earth in a dark place. This is actually impossible. You can't rely on self-confidence in this. You need God's grace. You need confidence in Christ. The confidence that only, that only comes from him. We look at verse 10. To know him. Okay. My goal is to know him. So I'm just going to go to more youth events, read more Bible verses this year. And that's it. Or is there more to that in knowing him? Come on. If you've known Christ for more, more than 10 years, you know that it takes work to know him. You actually need to give up some things and adjust your life according to his word. To know the power of his resurrection. Okay, I just got to believe he rose from the dead and how I can have faith in him. And even in dreadful situations, he will come through. What about number three? To know the fellowship of his sufferings. Okay, this is just getting too real. Suffer for Christ. I thought, I, thought, I thought being a Christian means just believing and that's it. Just singing Kumbaya on Sundays. What about number four? Being conformed to his death. Okay, I'm out of here. I got I to gotta go to a different church. This church is too radical. Conformed to his death. A lot of times that's not the reality for, for us, at least in this North American context. But 
But what about the spiritual side of it? Jesus talks about how we must die to ourselves in order to follow him. Die to our own desires. He has to take precedence. His desires, his will, his word over ours. And so let's think about that as we think about the goals we have in different areas of our lives this year. This is where self-confidence is found out to be fake. Only the kind of faith and trust and belief that comes from a growing personal relationship with Christ. Only that type of confidence survives in this realm. Walt Disney once said this. He said, if you can dream it, you can do it. Isn't that awesome? That's an awesome positive saying. But you see, the goals God called us to in Christ Jesus is not made up la-la land that you go to on vacation or watch on movie theaters. No, we're talking about establishing a kingdom that is to last forever. Built by blood, by sweat and tears of the prophets and the disciples and the apostles and the persecuted church. This is the kingdom that God called us to build. It's indeed an impossible goal to build God's kingdom on our own. But Jesus said, with God, all things are possible. You say an amen to that. Because this is exactly how God accomplishes his purposes in us and through us. An impossible impossible goal needs to be met by the God who can do impossible things. There's an evidence to it. What is the evidence that we're looking for? Well, Jesus rose from the dead to let you and I know that whatever darkness, whatever depression, whatever lonely situations, whatever difficulties, whatever mental illness, whatever anxiety, whatever fear, whatever darkness that you're dealing with, that you will deal with this year, he rose from the dead. He did the impossible so that we can do all things through him who strengthens us through his grace. He paid the price for our sin. This is impossible. Nobody can pay the price for your sin. Jesus has done it. Colossians 1.13 For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the son he loves. And so if you're hearing this for the first time, if you're listening online and you're wondering about who Jesus is, who this God is, he wants to rescue you from your situations, from your darkness, from your depression. You might be here today or online Either you have not committed your trust in Jesus as your rescuer. You might be struggling to see yourself out of dark situations. You can have full confidence, I can tell you today, that God loves you. And if you are seeking him, he will not turn you away. Turn to God today. No matter where you are, no matter what you've done, he wants to forgive you of your sin and rescue you from the dominion of darkness. He will receive you with open arms. So any of the pastors that are here today, talk to us. For the believers, 
those who call Jesus their Lord, if you've trusted in him, my challenge for you today is as we think about, you know, the New Year's resolution, the goals that we will list down, let's consider the center of our goals. That we center our goals on our king and his kingdom. That we would fashion our goals with a heart and passion modeled to us by our beloved apostle. You see, so many, so many Christians would say, oh, you know, I'm not like a super radical Christian, an apostle Paul or a missionary or anything like that. But see, this letter itself came from the apostle Paul to a church congregation in Philippi. It means that it was meant for the congregation to emulate, to follow after the example of the apostle. That's why in verse 17, it says, Join together in following my example, brothers and sisters. And just as you have us as a model, keep your eyes on those who live as we do. We have the worship team. We have um, saw another song to sing. We follow after our Lord Jesus in the examples of those whom he called. And so let's consider our goals this year. Let's get to the heart of it. It's amazing the things that God is going to do, the things that he will accomplish. And we don't know it yet. From this side of things, it kind of looks like the work of God is sometimes mundane and boring. And sometimes people are neurotic and we go back to the old patterns But the heavenly reward will be great. The relationships that we build will be amazing. The people that we minister with and minister to, this is the call of God for our lives. Let's consider this goal, our year to build the kingdom of God, to continue on being the church God called us to, this light in this dark world. Let's reflect on this song. Just have a seat for a moment. So one more thing we need to do today. And uh, back in July, now it's so good to have this team here. It's great to have the Sturge and Vulcans and their, their adopted brother Dan here playing on the team. And thank you guys so, so much for coming and playing and just appreciate you. Shauna ended on staff in July of last year. And then she was hauling kids out to Boston and she's taking on a new job, new shifts. And we never got the proper chance to just show our appreciation to Shauna for being on the team, for serving. She led us through COVID and adapted the services. And we had, we had five or six different changes. And it always affected the, the worship and the tech. And Shauna was the one that kind of carried that on her shoulders. And so we want to appreciate Shauna today and just say thank you for serving. She continues to serve as a volunteer here. But we want to say, hey, it's Shauna, we, we acknowledge you. We honor you. We recognize your service. There's some flowers, a gift card to McDonald's and Amazon there so she can get whatever she likes. But anyway, thank you, Shauna. God bless you all. Have a great, great week, and we'll see you next week. Two services, 9 and 11. God bless you. Have a great day.